It's wonderful, wonderful to be here with you. I'm so happy that Pastor Anthony is back because every time I come, he's in Liberia. So I'm looking forward to seeing Anthony and Doris uh, today. And um, I'm also so, so grateful that God has worked it out that my dear colleagues and our brothers in Christ, if you could go ahead and just get the first slide up, that would be great, yeah. My brothers and colleagues in Christ could be together here with us because I want us all to see and experience, you know, you hear from Pastor Aaron, you hear from Pastor Tom, Corey, myself, and is there really these guys out there that they're training, right? And uh, so you're gonna hear a little bit about how these guys uh, got involved in, uh, with us. Uh, coming up here, but uh, I just want to say again, I can't, can't say this enough. Thank you, IBC, for your amazing partnership with me, our teams, and our ZimZam global family. You know, I've heard just so many uh, wonderful things recently from the church here, from Pastor Aaron, Tom, Corey, of just the amazing things that God is doing. And of course, the recent trip and some of the impact that has happened in this congregation through you and what God's continuing to do through you from the June trip to Ecuador. And um, I can't wait to, to talk to some of you more a little bit about that. And uh, you know, uh, ZimZam Global, uh, believe it or not, this, is, this month here, Tom and I, with another friend of ours, Britt, we're sitting in the, his living room at Lake of the Ozarks and that's where we discovered and started to understand and birth ZimZam Global 10 years ago this month. And so we're starting our 10-year anniversary, and we're, we're making plans uh, for that together. And I'm just so grateful that you guys are a part of that. We get to be a part of that with you. But way to go, way to go, IBC, in just taking these amazing next steps of faith together, not only with us, but all kinds of things that you guys are doing here. And that is just amazing. Why? Because God continues to build his marvelous, glorious bride, his church. And he's doing it by one little group, one little tiny group called ZimZam Global. We're just a small speck in his great plan. And he's helping us to come alongside and encourage and equip leaders like you just wouldn't believe, to see children discipled in amazing places, difficult places, and to see new churches birth and current churches grow. And you'll hear a little bit uh, more about that. And so, uh, of course, you know, no introduction because we've already seen uh, Pastor Francis and uh, PG, and they'll talk a little bit about their families because they've got some amazing families serving the Lord. They've already had their church services uh, back where they live. So today, you're not only going to just hear about uh, from me, but you're going to hear some from our great brothers, uh, Pastor Francis and PG here. I'll tell you what, Pastor Francis and I, as we had a chance to speak and kick off our fall tour, which is what you saw on the screen, God's big idea. And you're like, what in the world is God's big idea? Well, you guys already know that. Because when you walk into the front of the church, I see up on the right there, the mission, right? Make disciples that make disciples. And that's really God's big idea. How his name is going to be honored and glorified around the world is by us making disciples that make disciples. And the reason I say God's big idea, because 
Believe it or not, in churches around the U.S., Barna, Lifeway, different ones, if they've done surveys in the congregations, about half can say they've heard the Great Commission. They know what that means. That's not a, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. They, they, they just don't know that word Great Commission. They don't know what it means, what it's all about. So about half of the congregants, can you imagine that? Don't know what the Great Commission is. And it's really all about God's big idea. So we're on our fall speaking tour. And Francis and I and PG met in Florida about 10 days ago. We were at a large missions a leader conference there called Missio Nexus that we're uh, members with. And there's about 1,100 global mission leaders there. People, some of you have heard Dr. Ed Stetzer. He was there speaking and all kinds of other people. And Ed said this at the conference, what is the church like right now post-COVID in the U.S.? And he said, typically what they've seen statistically as they've done surveys, as he's traveled around, he said that basically during COVID, one-third of the church stayed, one-third of the church left, one-third of the church returned, and then one-third of the church disappeared. Where did they go? And he said, you know what it showed is that we have a deep discipleship problem in the U.S. Western church. So this whole area of God's big idea, making disciples that make disciples, we cannot see that. Uh, We cannot shout that loud enough. We cannot practice that. We cannot put our programs in, in a way that causes deep discipleship to take place. It is so significant for us here. Well, guess what? When PG and Francis heard that, guess what they said? We have that same problem in East Africa. We have that same problem in North India as well. And so there's all kinds of things that has caused that, and we won't have time to go into that uh, right here. But, you know, you're going to hear a lot of things from me. You're going to hear some things from Francis and, and, and PG. But the most important thing and the most important person that we hear from today is God himself through his word. So let's just pray about that right here. So, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity that you have allowed us here, Zimzam Global, Awana, children of the nations, kids around the world, one hope that we get to be a part of your grand, glorious, big idea. As we worshiped you and to see new worshipers birthed around the nations, as we get to be a part of your big idea, making disciples that make disciples, oh God, I pray that we would just hear from you today. And so, Lord, I pray that you speak to us powerfully. I pray, God, that you would just have your way in our life and in our hearts, and we would hear from you here today, and we would be obedient followers of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'd like you to turn with me just for a few minutes here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm going to read 
for us here, verse uh, 1 through 7, okay? 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 7. So chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, verse 1, Paul the Apostle says this here, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Verse 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Let's go ahead and read verses 8 and 9. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, um, as we are in a culture war here in the West... As you know, we're in a global culture war. If that is not evident by just what's happened in the last 24, 48 hours, right? With Israel at war. And why are they at war? It's just described right here in what Paul was saying to us about the gospel being veiled. They are blinded, right? And so as Israel announced war just in the last few days, there is a continued war globally taking place. And sometimes we can get a little bit like um, disheartened or maybe discouraged in the culture war that we're in here in the West. The Northwest has their own, the Southwest, the United States, North America. And yet, let me just remind you, as Paul was writing this here many years ago, about the mid-50s A.D., He was living in quite the local and regional culture war. There was an amazing context that was happening there. And if you think about that culture, think about it this way here in large circles. There's a large circle in that culture war going on with Paul, and it was Rome, right? Rome was the place. It was the nation. It was the place of power. So within that big circle of Rome was Paul. And there was all kinds of things happening there, right? Religious issues going on. They were very polytheistic. So some of those Roman gods that were being worshipped were Apollos and Athena, right? So major cultural things going on through Rome, politics that were taking place. They had one of the most sophisticated political systems with the Senate. The economy, Rome ruled all with the economy and their taxes. Their cultural values, some would say this here, my pastor would say this, that those cultural values were deeply, brutally decadent when Paul was writing this. 
So you've got this big culture taking place there where Paul was riding with Rome. And then you've got a smaller circle, smaller circle there of the Jewish culture, right? That was monotheistic, meaning that they worshiped Yahweh. They had high moral beliefs. So you've got Rome, you've got the Jewish culture, and then you've got the Christian culture within that. And we know that the birth of the church was new taking place in that area. But also, because of that, they were exiled. And then you've got the smaller culture, the Corinthian culture. And at our church, Scottsdale Bible, we just finished teaching through 2 Corinthians over the entire year. And I like this way that my pastor had described the Corinthian culture. He used two initials, HS plus LOS. HS plus LOS. HS, the Holy Spirit, LOS, and there was lots of sin. Now, let me just ask you this here. Does that sound familiar at all? Huh? It does sound familiar. And all of those cultures were at odds. And yet, Paul is talking about and is describing and is living out here again, reminding the believers there, the Jewish Christians, the Gentile Christians, and us today, even in the midst of this culture, locally, nationally, globally, the power of the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel is the answer. And it's amazing how complex we try and make this. And we see the simplicity of the gospel become very, very complex and move towards the prosperity gospel across Africa. But Paul says this here, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. And so let me just remind us here this morning, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, even in the midst of our cultures that are at odds with one another here, even in our midst making headlines of Israel at war, still the answer is the gospel. And Paul says, because of, because of what we sang about, even in spite of how that is pressing in on us and perplexing at times, we never give up. We never give up. And so he goes on here to talk again about if the gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds. So it shouldn't surprise us. It shouldn't surprise us. You know, our great host this uh, couple of days, Bruce and Karen Swenson, they have just like loved on us, did amazing things with us here. And the last two days, I think, were the best two days I've ever experienced in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, when Crescent and Sutherland look like glass of those lakes, it's a good day. And I kept reminding PG and Francis, guess what though? Sunday and Monday's coming. And they got up and we drove up here and they're like, where's the mountain? I go, Sunday and Monday's coming, right? This is the normal things. But in the midst of that, God is continuing to do his work. And here's the deal. I'm going to move all the way along here. And I'm going to just land on verse 7, okay, for time's sake. 
But Paul says we've got this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Wow. Each one of us, jars of clay, right? And cracks all over the place. I see a bunch of cracked pots out here, right? And you see a big cracked pot up here as well. And Paul talks about this jar of clay, this temporal, this very fragile. And some of you experience deep, deep cracks this year. I have as well. I was at the, uh, I don't know what you guys called that, uh, the fire and food day yesterday, right? And my brother Francis and PG got to shoot the guns for the first time. Wow, that was an experience. PG said this morning, man, my arm is so sore, I don't think I can lead worship. I said, well, maybe we should go up to the stage there with just slings in our, in our arms here and say, you know, we were at the men's outing yesterday. But cracked pots. But you know what? You've experienced it personally. I heard some stories from a few of you men that told me about what was going on in your lives. And you know, sometimes God permits our vessels to be jarred so that some of the treasure will spill out and enrich others. He's allowing us personally to be jarred. He's allowing this church to be jarred. He's allowing the nations to be jarred, and we saw that in the headlines in the last 48 hours. And he's allowing that so that this Jesus that's inside of us can spill out can spill out and overflow and enrich others. So I don't know what is going on in your life, what you're facing today. I don't know the things that are being challenges for you. I don't know if it's sickness, if it's family dynamics, husband-wife relationship. I don't know what it is. But I pray and I hope for each one of you that Jesus is being spilled out, is being seen through your vessels that are being jarred. And you'll hear this morning here how some of our vessels personally, organizationally, ministry-wise are being spilled out for the glory of God. You know, someone said this one time, that ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. Ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. So this morning here, you're going to have the opportunity to hear from our two brothers. And as we finished up this missions conference, Francis and I were speaking in a church all weekend, uh, a week ago in Northwest Orlando. PG went to Colorado. We met back in Arizona, and then we come up here for this weekend. We're headed back to Arizona for a big speaking event that we got coming up. And I said, Francis and PG, what were some of the things that stood out to you at this conference? And uh, they had all kinds of different things. And he says, you know, they were very generous with the truth. I said, oh, man, I just love that. There's a couple of statements that Francis said to me that I just really just took with me, and I put them in my heart, right? And one was, I said, Francis, how are you doing? He goes, oh, I am so sorry. I was so tired. Sleep has overtaken me. I go, oh, okay, I, I like that statement there, right? But he said, some of these mission leaders, they were so generous with the truth. And so I'd like to invite Francis up here, and then following him will be PG. 
And let me just say this, my friends, they're going to be very generous with the truth. You know what? I got this, I got this backwards here. I'm going to have PG come up first, okay? <laughs> yeah. Good morning once again. I am delighted to be here in America and especially here at IBC this morning. I am from India. I'm not an English speaker, so uh, you better have your dictionary on and listen to what I'm going to share. Yeah, it's amazing to be here. Well, I grew up from a small state in the northeastern part of India called Manipur. I have a big dream of becoming a great government officer. I wanted to have lots of money and live life well. So I went up to New Delhi, the capital city of India, to do my studies. I thought I would even go further, New Delhi, go beyond India and study. But God has a different plan. I was sick. You know, I suffered from tuberculosis, category one. I got treated fine and my parents said go back and study. I went back to New Delhi and I started my studies and again I got sick, category two, tuberculosis category two. Few people survive from category two. I had to go back home for my treatment. It was really intense treatment, eight months, intensive training. I was on the verge of giving up. I was in bones literally sleeping on bed. My parents came and sat near to me. Lord, why would you let us suffer then see my son suffering? And we prayed together. And then my, my mom, she cried and she said this. You know, while you were on my tummy, I prayed this prayer. Dear Lord, if you give me another boy, I will send him to serve for your kingdom because I had a brother who passed away just six months, I mean six weeks old. So she was down, broken, and after that she stood up, she went to church, prayed every morning, Lord, give me another boy, and if you give me, I'll send him to, for your service. He didn't, she didn't tell me that before. <laughs> well, so long story short, I got treated all fine, and then my parents said, do whatever you want to do. I said, I want to go and learn, seminary, uh, learn Bible in seminary. I went to learn theology in a seminary. And it was while I was in this seminary called Trinity College and Seminary that Jim Zem came and gave us training on church planting and the importance of having a healthy church. And that's when I got to meet Tom, Dave, and also Nathan there. And last year, I got to meet this wonderful man, Aaron. And it's amazing to know them uh, because they have a lot of sense of humor and they correct jokes. I thought Americans are all like that. <laughs> well, it is. So the content of the program, the training, really had a great impact, which is very strategic. And it opened up my mind. It germinates, you know, that sits that in my heart. The visions to have a church for every child. Just wow. 
So with that encouragement and exhortation, not only have I conducted several kids game and youth games in India, but also we have started a new church in New Delhi. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So with other four friends of mine, we started a church. And we don't want the church to be really exclusive for a tribal or any kind of group. So we call the church as Community Bible Church. And we do that in English. No wonder in India, right? We do that service in English. So we have around 100 to 120 members now. Praise the Lord. And again, in 2020, I attended ZimZam training. And also last year, because it's so important for me to be reminded again and again how important a church is and who the church is. You know, always Tom, Tom always raised this question. Who are the church? You know, who is the church? So, and it's so profound with the vision to letting every child have a church. It was a very important turning point last year. I was invited by them to be a part of the team to lead worship. And I was able to share and lead worship uh, during my time with them. And my journey, my journey then gets really, really sweet. And when in December 2022, I was hired officially to be the staff of ZimZam Global as the South Asia Ministry Coordinator. Again, praise the Lord. Yeah, but here's a few thoughts I want you to know and pray. As you might be aware of the state, Manipur, the place where I grew up, in northeastern part of India, it is under a severe conflict. Well, in this picture, we have this Bibles for the World that is a partner of Jimjam Global, and they are the frontline workers sending relief materials, starting from soap, toothpaste, brush, to whatever, or tons of food, rice, mattresses, blankets. It started in May 2023. It's been five months now. It's not really going down yet. More than 120 people have died, with many more injured. Over 7,000 homes and more than 350 churches were destroyed. And around 45,000 people have been displaced. Some of them are literally in jungle, and some moved to other states, other places in the part of India. Well, Manipur is one of the strategic places of Jim Zam Works, as you might have heard from Dave and Tom. Recent five, six years, it has done a tremendous work. It's hard to even think about what's going on, but after all, God wins. Yeah, and now we move to North India. So North India has 75% of the total population of India. And it has only 2.3% of Christian. That's how God is pushing up towards the North India. And there, there are urgency to train leaders to build the body of Christ and his kingdom to be expanded. So in November, we literally have the whole five weeks engaged in training leaders. 
continuously for church planting and then also facilitator training in the first week of November. Starting with that, in New Delhi, the first week is facilitator training and then church, a church planting remix in Chandigarh, that is in North India that I talk about, and then also Siliguri, West Bengal, that's where we have, Pastor Aaron was there. So we will do these two, two trainings in India, and another three in Nepal, one in Pokhara, one in Darkhan, and one in Janakpur, and it's amazing. Just the, the third place that we're going to do is just 0.3% Christians. Yeah, it's a lot to do. And if all of this training goes well, by December, Zimzam Global will have more than 600 pastors and leaders trained and ready to go out and germinate. May God be glorified. Thank you. Well, thank you, PG. Good morning. I'm very happy to be back here. Um, this time has been a bit different from the other times. Of course, the weather has been very good. I've, I've always been in sweaters or uh, jackets, but uh, today I can be in a shirt, and uh, I really thank God. But what I've enjoyed most out of uh, the good weather is that I got to see the beauty of this country. Because when this, when, uh, with the weather that has been there yesterday and the days before, I was able to see the mountains, the valleys and all that, which I couldn't see some other time. And so if somebody asked me the two most beautiful countries on earth, I would say number two, Washington, Number one, Kenya, of course. <laughs> uh, my name is Francis Kataka, as you uh, may know. Uh, married to Lillian Kataka. Together we have three, four daughters, uh, 17, 16, 10, and 3. So <laughs> that is the variation. Uh, and... Um, I just want to briefly talk, tell you how I came to know Zimzam. Well, I came to uh, meet the Zimzam Global team in the year 2014. Then I was pastoring a church in one of the big slums in Kenya, uh, in Nairobi, that is the capital of Kenya. Well, I've, I've, I've pastored the church for 14 years, five years as the children and youth pastor, and then nine years as the senior pastor. Well, um, it, it was situated in what we, when I was there, it was uh, the sixth most dangerous place in the whole country. So that was the environment and um, uh, then I was able to host a Zimzam Global training. And so we had a training and we were able to get uh, around 60 participants who came over. And after the training, I got 
a different perspective on church planting and children ministry. And so that really um, got into my heart and um, eventually, by God's grace, I became the Zimzam Global Kenya Director. So um, we've, we've been uh, doing trainings from 2017 uh, to date. But um, one thing that happened in 2019, I, I felt a desire to want to go out and plant a church now that I had learned new skills from Zimzam Global. And so in 2019, uh, we prayed and uh, I want to thank God so much for the IBC team because we were supported to begin that church with the IBC team. So thank you very much. The team was led by Pastor Tom, uh, Adam, uh, Erica, and uh, we had a, a very wonderful full week of evangelism. Uh, due to the foundation you sacrificially laid, we have now 35 families, 25 young people, 65 children, who depend on the church for spiritual nourishment on a weekly basis. And so we really thank God. Uh, also, uh, on behalf of the church, I would really want to thank a couple from among you. I don't have the permission to mention the name, but <laughs> I would really want to thank them because after we planted the church, they came back and visited us and went to every home, every member home to encourage, and also they gave us some food for each family, and we truly are honored. And that not, that's not enough, they even uh, bought us seats in our church so that we could have somewhere to sit as we worship. And so I just want to say that uh, most of the seats you bought for us are occupied every Sunday. And so we are so gr grateful. And uh, together with that, uh, we also had two of part of the team, two, a couple from part of the team that came uh, that uh, have assisted us to build two to do two buildings for two churches that we've planted. We've pl planted two more churches, and so they assisted us to uh, get structures for the two churches. And so again, um, we are so grateful. We are so grateful for what IBC has done. So because of what I do, uh, I'm now an ordained bishop, and my wife Lillian is my pastor. So we, that, that's what we, uh, we have come to out of all these years of empowerment. And so, as I said, we've planted two churches and we are yet, um, we, are, we are just about to plant three more uh, in the near, very near future. And I, I praise God for that. So, Despite that, I would also want to say that uh, in Africa, we really face a lot of opposition to the gospel. 
just as uh, Dave already shared, that there is wars everywhere. And part of the great opposition that we face in Africa is the Islamization of the entire continent. Uh, the Muslims, oh, sorry. Yeah, um, there is a race for the souls of the children. The north part, which is in green, is more occupied by the Muslims, and the lower part, which is uh, uh, predominantly Christian, is occupied more by Christians. But there is a, a, an, an intentional um, desire to want to make the southern part, uh, the lower part of Sahara, also Muslim, and the strategy they use is both positive and negative. Positive in the sense that they do relief, they do aids, they do all that to the people, try to make their lives better. But their negative approach that they use is to use violence and intimidation. Um, the militant Islam groups are on the rise across Africa. And the result of what they do is murder, abductions, sexual violence, forced labor, lootings, loss of livelihoods, uh, forced conscription of children, and uh, among many other things that come out of that. Um, and mostly, as the militant Islamic groups go down south, they tend to target women and children. Why children? Because when they get hold of children, they gain visibility. When they got, get hold of children, they, are, uh, they, 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 they place themselves in a position to do their propaganda better. Uh, when they get hold of children, they win attention. When they get off all of children, they take advantage of their vulnerability, and also they take, they make some tactical uh, advantages, like uh, use them as spies and uh, use them to traffic um, for trafficking things like drugs and all that. So it is a battle of souls of children. One side. Uh, pushing its agenda using fear and intimidation, but we are there pushing the agenda with love and compassion. So how would we protect our space in Africa? We trust God that you will help us to pray for Africa, you will help us to witness, and you will stand with us to have more church plants. And in relation to this, um, uh, we want to thank IBC. Why? Because just the other day, we were able to launch uh, Liberia, did our first ZZG training there, and uh, we were able to train 200 leaders, and that is in Liberia. We've also continued to expand and grow in the eastern part of Africa. We've done 37 trainings. We've trained 2,232 leaders, and we are in four countries. Uh, the, a few months ago, we were down in South Africa, the Southern Africa. We did three trainings. We have trained 388 leaders, and we are now in um, 16 
uh, we have a presence in 16 countries down there. So we are almost covering half the 54 countries in Africa. So we just want to let you know that uh, thank you for your support and thank you for standing us, uh, with us and uh, may God bless you. So God is up to great and mighty things, and you heard a little bit of that in uh, PG's uh, talk here on South Asia. And uh, you know, as 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 you heard from him talk about the jarring of the nations in the Northeast, Aaron, Tom, myself, different ones of us have been there. We would have told you there's no way they would be facing the kind of persecution they're facing in that region. We would have never said that. And I remember as we were together last November talking about this, you guys, we've got to get some leaders trained here because you never know what's going to happen. And look what has happened. And then look what has happened. God has raised up PG. And it's our hope and our prayer for the very first time in our history, we'll be training every week in November in India and Nepal. And the last two trainings, there will be no Americans there. No Americans. It'll be led by our brothers and sisters in North India and Nepal. And that's what we want. We want it so that we don't really have to come back. They always want us but we're not doing our job if we have to continue to come back. God is continuing to build his church there. You heard from Brother Francis. Now, he just made a statement there. I don't know if you know what this means. Like 54 countries in Africa, and we just finished delivering training in 20 new countries across Southern Africa. So you add Liberia there, you add East Africa, and God is doing amazing things, and we get to do that together. So we've got that, that presence that's taking place. One of the things that I wanted to say, and I've said this before uh, when I've spoken here, but one of the unique aspects of ZimZam Global's training and how God is continuing to just stir the nations and seeing people, men and women, boys and girls, come to faith in Jesus for the very first time, is what we call our church as a refuge. And you heard that referred to this morning here, where we just introduce the principles of God here going after the least of these marginalized, those that are isolated, those that are being abused, those with disabilities, and also those being trafficked. And that's a big deal to us in our ministry. It's something we're bringing to the table out there with a the global church that's not really known that well. And, um, you know, my wife and I, we lead the special needs disability ministry at our church. Uh, we're on four campuses. We service about 150 families on a weekly basis. And I teach every week, this coming Sunday, the guys will be a part of it. I'll be teaching this Sunday to our special needs church. And we have about 40 adults there. Uh, our youngest that comes with our kids' ministry is three. Our oldest is 80. And I was speaking a couple weeks ago, and I said, hey, do you guys, do you guys remember what I was talking about last week? Because we teach through the Bible chronologically over three years. So they're taught chronologically that way, and they love it. I said, do you guys remember what I was teaching last week? And Corey in the back said, 
this is the one thing I remember. And I said, well, what was that, Corey? And he said, you were really long. <laughs> and I said, Corey, thank you for that reminder that I've got to really work on that, right? But believe it or not, we just finished launching a 27-minute film called Unlimited. And through the Holy Spirit, God is limitless. We just launched a 27-minute film at our church about what God is doing through this community of believers that, believe it or not, has just been now enrolled in like seven film festivals across the U.S. And he's doing great and mighty things through that. And so we're just so proud that that is also a part of uh, who we are, what we're doing. We call a church as a refuge. And, and so Francis leads that as well in the trainings. PG is going to be leading that uh, upcoming here in these next trainings. And I love it here that IBC is seen, is felt, and people experience that IBC is a place of amazing refuge. Not only do people feel like that they can come here and be loved and be safe, but they are needed. And we need them as part of the body here. And I love it that IBC is doing this. I love this verse here. Psalm 82 verse 4 says, Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked one. And you know what? I know beyond a shadow of a doubt the only answer. The only answer is Jesus and the best form of him being represented is the local church. And my friends, you heard local churches growing and being planted in Africa. You heard it in South Asia. You're going to be hearing it more and more in Ecuador as we did the Latin America launch. And yet, I want to just say this again. I don't think we can say it enough. Across the globe... Do you know what is really happening with kids? Let me just say, do you really know what is happening to kids in our backyard here? Do I know what is happening to kids on the border where I live in Arizona? Who is watching out for them? Because my friends, in communities, kids are disappearing. Kids are disappearing. Thousands have disappeared in Phoenix. And I dare say thousands have disappeared in Washington. And it is not the government, it's not the NGOs, it's the responsibility of us as believers of being aware and going after the least of these, those little ones, those, those that will be part of this church now and in the future. But kids are disappearing. And some are going with family members. Some are going with broken family members. Some are on the streets. And some are being trafficked. And we don't like to hear these things. But as we serve together, as kids are being trafficked, it's our responsibility as the church to be aware of that and to be that place of refuge. That there should be no child left behind. 
And that's one of the jobs that we have that we're shouting out globally, not only locally and nationally, but globally here. And I think of some of these dear brothers and sisters in Christ now that are receiving wheelchairs and goats uh, through our ministry, but those that are being trafficked, do you know that there's more people being trafficked today than in the history of the world? There's more sex slavery, and particularly girls being abused and sold than in the history of the world. That's what's going on right now with our kids. It's proven statistically, it's proven in communities, and it's a huge problem. The enemy is at work. And so what we are doing together here and seeing the little kids go out to Children's Church is absolutely incredibly important for us right now. But also, what we're doing globally is really important. And so, I want to thank you guys for what you've done here with the One Meal Food Packing event. Hugely successful. And then the team that went down, you know, after that. You guys did a phenomenal job in packing those meals. And did you know that just last week we had another team that was down in Ecuador? It wasn't the IBC team. In January, you did the food packing event. In May, we did our food packing event at Scottsdale Bible. And this is a team that just came back from there. And here's something that's really cool that I want to say. We have an 80-year-old dad that's on that team. And he brought his 55-year-old development disabled daughter on the team. And they did phenomenal. They did awesome out on that team. And when they were down there, they began to discover and to tell us stories about two of them. I don't know if Pastor Tom, I don't know if your team met them or not. I don't remember exactly what village they were in. But Ariana, Ariana on the left is one of the girls that was so hopeless so lost and in such a mess. At a very young age, at nine, she tried twice to take her life. And in these communities, whether it's Los Lomos or others, the abuse of children and girls particularly is so rampant, especially with no fathers present. Most of them are alcoholics and are gone. And so Ariana is one of them that started to receive the food packs from the food packing events. She started to receive for the very first time hearing the gospel story through Kids Story. She started for the very first time to have an opportunity to play and have some fun together and smile, but she doesn't look very happy here. And then there's Jimber on the right. Same kind of situation. Hopeless, a total mess. His family was a wreck. Dad being gone. And then our partnership, IBC, ZimZam Global, Kids Around the World, he started to get to experience having some food in his belly. He, started to, he got to experience having the gospel message being heard. He got to experience having some fun with the activities there. And they look a little bit different here. They look a little bit different here. 
Because my friends, Ariana has accepted Jesus as her Savior. She's accepted Jesus as her Savior, and her life is totally upside down now in a great way. And she's representing not only one, but tens and hundreds and thousands of kids, you guys, that we get to be a part of, not only here, but globally, that Ariana's life because of Jesus and that she one day soon, it's our hope and prayer, a church will be birthed and planted in her community. That's what our goal is. Yes, we feed. Yes, we store. Yes, we play. But our purpose is to train so that we can plant a new church. Ariana, because of the kid's story, has said yes to Jesus. And Jimber, look at him. He's heard these stories and he said to the leaders down there, this stories that you're telling me about this creation thing, God creating the world, can you come to my home and tell my family that? And our leader said, you want us to like, come to your home? Yes. And if okay with my mama, can you have these meetings on Friday nights at my home? And he's holding up one of those children's Bible in Spanish because Jimber has said yes and has accepted Jesus as a savior. And they're holding these meetings and these story times in his home because he wants his family to accept Jesus as well. They're getting the food, they're getting the kid's story, they're having an opportunity to play. And now Jesus has entered him and has come into that home and his life is being totally transformed. And you know what? God is there. Jesus is doing a powerful work. We're rescuing them from the clutches of the enemy, Satan. We're putting them in environments where they can be made aware and seen and heard so they can't be trafficked. And there are hundreds and thousands of more like Ariana and Jimber that we get to be a part of here. And you know, here's the thing. We've said a lot. This is kind of like a flyover here this morning, right? A flyover. And we want to talk further with you and talk a little bit more in detail about this at our luncheon, okay? So you've heard a lot from us. We want to hear from you. We would like to hang out with you and just discover together what God wants to continue to do here at IBC. And you're doing mighty and marvelous things. But what's the next thing? I would hope and pray that we can get to our next food packing event. I really think it's going to continue to make an incredible impact here in and through you guys. And then another training and then another trip with IBC. When Pastor Francis and I were speaking in Florida, we're getting ready to launch what you guys did in January to our church, our church partner there in Florida in November. They're going to be doing their first food packing event. And you know where they live? They live right in the villages. There's hardly any kids there. And this church is coming together to do something just like you guys have done in the villages. And Pastor Francis got up and said, you know, I went and visited your villages and your villages are a little bit different than my villages. 
and it's exciting and awesome. So we want you guys to come to the luncheon today, and we're going to talk a little bit about the cost and the impact and how you guys can continue to uh, be a part of seeing God's big idea continue to be a reality here and around the world. 